0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to an NCP Conversation. I am your host, William Kahn, and today we are going through our second sermon of this series. This is episode number four. We are going through James 1 verses 2 to 4. So let's just jump right into it. There is a lesson that every single person learns in their lifetime. Everybody hurts. It is a hard lesson to learn. It is a lesson when your childlike vision turns to reality and becomes disorienting and confusing. Why, we ask, is the world like this? Why are children suffering in Africa? Why did my dad leave our family? Why can't I bear children? These are just some of the questions that some of us will deal with throughout our lifetime. These are questions that are burdened with emotion, with fear, with anger, and every sort of blinding emotion that balls us up and leaves us to cry in the corner not knowing what to do. Some learn this lesson earlier than others. Others learn it later in life. No matter who you are, everybody struggles everybody hurts. We might scream to the wind why? It's not fair. Why do we live in a world such as this? Was it fair that I was born in North America to this lavish lifestyle? Was it fair that some of us come from good homes or have the skin color that we have? Is it fair that my ancestors were forced to work Why were there so many injustices against people of my race? Some scream, why do I personally suffer more than others? Why do we live in a world such as this? Why did I have to be dealt this hand? Why was I born into a rough neighborhood, to a fatherless home? Why do I suffer from chronic illnesses? Why was my sister taken from us? Why were we robbed? The question that faces all people is a profound one. Why does man suffer it turns personal? Why do I suffer? Can't I avoid the suffering? Why shouldn't we try to avoid suffering in our lives? Why do such things as cancer, diseases, natural disasters occur in our world? Why do we suffer? Last sermon, you heard about me talking about my father passing away. I was 12 at the time. We suffered from losing a close family member. We suffered having to downsize our home from the size that it was to a third of it. We suffered from my mom having to go back to work after years of not being in the workforce and recently becoming a single mother. We suffered a devastating blow to our family. The truth is that this was not fair. One Sunday, years following my father's death, we were in church, and we sat through a sermon on suffering delivered by one of our associate pastors. He was a young man, and it seemed as if most things in his life had gone well. It had gone his way. When asked if he could preach on suffering, he did his best knowing he probably wasn't the best to speak on the subject. He had been told that if you had a personal story, you are more easily able to connect with the audience. Unfortunately, in this scenario probably wasn't helpful in the case of my family. Having suffered no tragedy in his life, no heartbreak, he turned to a game with his friends a game of basketball when he was a young boy, and the older, taller children were dunking on this five-foot hoop, and try as he might, he could not dunk the ball. It was to him suffering as a child at that moment, and I remember leaving the service, and my mother turning to me, critiquing the sermon. This was a sermon I could have used to renew my strength. But it's clear to me that this man does not know anything about suffering. And although that's correct, not everyone suffers equally. To any person who promises a quick and easy route to avoiding or bypassing suffering, know this, that person's a liar. That person is a con man. That person deceives you and his speech betrays him because everybody hurts. And everyone will suffer at one point in their life. This is not good news. This is not neutral news. This is bad news. I make no apology for saying this. Suffering is not fair. It is not equal. It does not care about you what you want or how much you want to bypass it suffering exists but the question stands what should we do about this? suffering doesn't feel right and it's not fair and it's not equal and it does not care beware however because there are two evils when it comes to suffering it is first the suffering itself which is the problem and then the bondage that comes from within you. The world is a difficult place. Make no mistake about this. Don't be a fool. The world is a tough place, and if you've been spared from suffering up to this point, praise God, count your blessings. But don't allow your anecdotal evidence to overwhelm the worldview to be warped into a naive point of view. For then you are useless to everyone. You are not speaking truth because you are not seeing reality as it is. The world is a place of wonder, but it is also a place of danger and of suffering. We must hold these two ideas in tension. When we lose sight of one, we are doomed to wear a set of glasses that tints the world into darkness. Let me go further into this idea of two evils. I consistently have to unload my van and load it full of supplies for my daily deliveries and constant, consistently I have hit my head on a low beam that hangs from my van. Now this is an oversimplified view of suffering but it is going to serve to prove my point at this moment. What happens when you hit your head? It it hurts. It's much. It's, ouch. It, it's painful. So you think to yourself, I will not do it again. So you're more careful. You learn from your mistakes. You let that carelessness inside you die a little bit. And you're more careful for the path that you take. But then a tragedy happens and, and, and you do it again. Now, you're not just mad that you hit your head on the low beam for a second time. You're mad at yourself. You're mad at yourself for being an idiot. We've all had that in the conversation. How could I do that again? Whether it be hitting your head on a low beam or maybe running back to a relationship that you know is not good for you, you say, I am such an idiot. I said I would to do it again, and yet here I am. See, there are two evils. The first is the suffering itself. The second is the rage that wells up inside of me, pointing to the beam and to myself for acting the fool. Maybe you're taking on a new job, and you're not doing it as well as you would like to be doing it, and your boss is screaming at you. Two evils. The first is the job itself along with your boss who's be- who is being a complete nick and poop. The second is a bitterness that is rising up within you, thinking all sorts of evil thoughts about your boss. Maybe your girlfriend just broke up with you. You're mad that you're alone, and you're mad at your girlfriend not being more caring about how she broke the news to you. These examples I just listed off are quite minor. Yes, there are setbacks to the plans you have made for your life and perhaps the moment you are quite set back. Perhaps you are thinking this was your dream job or you are going to marry this girl. Still in the grand scheme of things. Not to make light of your situation, but they are quite minor. Others of you have suffered great and major inflictions to your health or to your loved ones. Perhaps you have lost a child through miscarriage, childbirth, or a tragic accident. Maybe something goes terribly wrong at work, and after working 30 years of the same company, you're fired and you lose your pension you've worked so hard for it and you're relying on for retirement. Maybe you lose a limb through some tragic sporting or farming accident. Perhaps you've contracted a terrible STI or an aggressive cancer was found in your brother's body at his last doctor's appointment. These are terrible life events that I pray no one has to go through that no one hopes another goes through. The whole family struggles and it grieves and it alters your life significantly. To to those who are going through these minor injuries, be joyous because these are difficulties you can overcome. Do not allow these minor events to make you suffer to weigh you down, to drag you into that tailspin. To those who are suffering major injuries, I I, I have nothing but sympathies for you. I am saddened that you have to go through such terrible times. What has come upon you will change your life and will impact the direction of that life. However, we cannot go back. I can't go back and save my father from cancer. You cannot go back and change life-altering events that have taken you to where your life is now. To focus on that possibility is fruitless. We cannot go back. We can only move forward. The cold, ruthless truth is this. Everyone suffers and this is your suffering. Beware of the things that you can control. Beware of that second evil. For this is the one that doesn't only damage your body, but destroys your very soul. You may be lucky enough to avoid major injuries, but likely you'll suffer both minor and major ones in the future. I say to you do not allow suffering to endanger your very soul by allowing bitterness or anger to seep in, to grab a foothold. Do not allow on outward suffering to corrupt holiness. When you let goodness into your life to dwindle and die, it will lead you to horrible places that you may not come back from. There is wonder in this world, and there is danger in it as well. You must hold both in unison. The truth is that there is a way forward. I won't call this part good news either, for it is difficult news. It is hard to call it good. There is no good news to your suffering. There is suffering, and then there is a difficult decision to counteract your bad news. The way forward is this. Perseverance. The answer is perseverance. To you who are suffering these major injuries, hear me and hear me well. We cannot go back. We can only move forward. To, to those of you who are listening after significant loss or, or, or terrible news, take this advice with wisdom. No one is expecting you to move quickly or quietly. No one expected a 12-year-old boy who lost his dad to know the way forward. Kick, scream, mourn, and grieve. Let loose the frustrations and surround yourself with friends and with family. If all you can do is get out of bed, then get out of bed and make some toast. And do that for a week. If that's too much, eat the bread from the loaf itself. Do a little more with the capacity that is afforded to you. Do not think that I am asking you to move on the day after. Grieving is part of suffering. And for those of you who suffer the major losses, grieve. And try to do it as best you can and move forward. The same advice goes for those who, of you who are suffering minor injuries. Find the things that are making you suffer and deal with the ones you're able to. Don't tackle your whole life in a day that's a little foolish. Make those incremental strides in proportion to the, str- to, to the steps you can make. Accomplishing menial tasks are not big enough to give you a sense of accomplishment. You must tackle something that is just out of your reach. Again, trying to take on the world is not wise. It is a weight that might crush you. You need to find the edge between safety and chaos and strive to accomplish goals right outside your comfort zone to grow your ability to push through those things that make you suffer. Figure out those things that are making you suffer and persevere through them. Be patient as you continue to defeat your demons one at a time, to to defeat the things that are weighing you down, be patient with yourself and give yourself grace to struggle against the things in your life that are beating you down. As you persevere, as you persevere, as you persevere through trials, you are facing. In time, you'll grow mature. In time, you'll go. You'll be able to conquer. The outer pressures that are consistently on your life, you will be complete, lacking nothing. This is good advice. It is difficult advice, but it is the only way to grow stronger. Find the place between comfort and chaos and train your body and mind to grow and become strong so you, you will not be at the mercy of forces outside of your control. To those who face minor injuries, you will be able to dust yourself off in less time and you will go again. You will develop thick skin in order to stand up against suffering for yourself and for those around you. You will get pushed down, but you will get back up stronger than ever. To those of you facing major injuries, The deep wounds will fade and they will leave permanent scars. You my friends will be scarred. You will look back on those painful times and the pain will lessen but you will join the ranks of us who have been fired, who have been sick, depressed and grieving. You will get through these difficult days. The Bible says there is a time for grief but there is also a time for laughter. The days might seem far off but nothing is forever. Three things I want you who are grieving to keep in mind. Three things. One, do not personalize the trauma. Do not hold the belief that this is solely your fault. For some cases you may have played a role in the incident, but there are multiple of factors leading up to a moment. It is not solely your fault. You cannot look at A car accident, the passing of a family member and say it was my fault. It was not, it's not your fault. You have to know this, you have to not personalize this, it's not solely your fault. Second, do not allow the trauma to pervade your life allowing it to seep into every area of your life this should not define you do not allow yourself to be covered in one thing when i lost my father i was fatherless but the truth is i was still a son to my mother i was still a brother to my brother and sisters i was still a a sports fan. I was still able. I was still growing. I was I had a mo I was still a classmate. I was still a grandson. You wear many titles. Do not allow one title to take over your entire life. And three do not allow this event to last forever this event will not last forever yes you're in the deep of it and there seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel but there is a time coming when your pain will fade where you will not think about it every day where it will not define you as it once did a time is coming for those who are in pain where the pain will be wiped away and the tears shall be dried We don't know why this life is so painful, but it doesn't change the fact that this world has a lot of pain and suffering in it. We started by saying that you might have a feeling that suffering is unfair, that suffering is unequal, that suffering is uncaring. This, my friends, is a good thing. It should not be this way. There shouldn't be this much suffering, this thought that drives us to relinquish our suffering around us. The truth is that until our dying breaths, suffering will be around us. The feeling, this feeling that it shouldn't be this way. I have good news for you. This thought is not your own. What you're hearing are not your own thoughts. These are the thoughts of God. God looks upon our sickly and distraught world and he sees the chaos, the suffering, the injured, and he's speaking through you when he says, I am saddened at the sight of so many hurt and broken people. There's suffering in our world and God has allowed it. We don't know why, but we do know that he has allowed it. Yet, he has not left us without a solution. It is not an easy solution. It's a realistic one. It's a difficult one. Persevere. Persevere until you've come through the hurt and the pain and the tragedy. Persevere until you are lacking nothing. And you are complete. Last sermon we concluded that you should seek truth. Seek a mentor. Seek the greatest mentor. Seek Jesus, the greatest mentor who is available to you at this moment. I believe those of you who seek it will find it, but you must seek it with all your strength. You must seek it because when you set out seeking the mysteries of God, you will come up against pain and suffering. Seek truth. And when hard times come upon you, persevere. Anyone who seeks the answers will find it. But you must persevere, because once you've come through the looking glass, you'll find what you are looking for. James 1, 2-4 says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be complete and perfect, lacking in nothing. There is a reason why God speaks to us and says, this isn't the way the world is supposed to be. This is because the world isn't supposed to be filled with grief and sorrow and pain of loss. The world is a broken place and you and I are broken creatures who are lingering towards death. God saw this. God saw our broken world and he said, I will send a savior. I will send my son, Jesus, to right the world in our place. God says, this isn't the world it is supposed to be. So I will come and save it. I will come and fix it. I will come and one day all death and suffering will be wiped away. Jesus, who is God, came to earth He left his home, and for 30 years he endured the life of a man. He persevered through trial after trial and showed perfect obedience to his Father. Jesus lived a perfect life, suffering many trials, and eventually thrown to the gallows, a death he did not deserve. Through Jesus, God knows the pain of searing loss. God knows the pain of losing his son. The pain of undeserved suffering, the pain of hunger, of shame, of betrayal. He knows these things intimately, for it was done to him. Through all of this, brothers and sisters, Jesus persevered, not lacking anything. For it was his joy that he gave up his life, going to the cross, so you and I may not have to taste death, that we may not have to taste. Suffering or pain, in one day all those things will be gone. He did not allow the horrors he faced to warp his mind. The evil did not rise up in him, but instead he saw the wonder of God that what he was doing in the world, righting the wrongs through him. In trusting Jesus, we have received life, not death. Whether you have received Jesus as your Lord or not, we know there is a brokenness to this world. Guys, girls, everybody suffers. Even God suffered. But it was so his plan could be achieved through death of Jesus. Because it is his joy to bring us close to him. My my prayer is that you recognize this world is broken and suffering and is a result of brokenness. Secondly, I pray that you do not allow these sufferings to overtake your life, causing bitterness and anger to swell up within you, but to fight the good fight, to persevere the trials, to keep your soul intact. Do not allow a foothold of evil to gain entrance into your heart. take joy in the trials in the minor trials in the major trials knowing that through perseverance you will increase in maturity snuffing out the evil that would rise up within you and finally I pray that you would recognize that Jesus through his suffering has great joy knowing he has rescued you and me from certain death, so that we may turn to praise the living God. Everyone suffers. What is your response going to be to move forward? Thank you so much for listening to today's sermon. I hope today's talk was helpful and that you have taken something away from today's discussion. You may not agree with everything I've said today. But take this topic to your friends and your family and your co-workers and allow your mind to be transformed through a community of learners. May God bless you today and forever. You have been listening to an NCP Conversation. My name is William Kahn. I will talk to you in a couple days.